0: Hey there, this is Sean McMahon. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry by lending your ears, your minds, hearts, all that good stuff. Don't be afraid to share this here message with a friend or a family member, even a stranger. Have it; It's not like it's going to bite. These messages are recorded live at the Community Baptist Church of Gayhead and in Aquinnah on Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, and the good old USA. If you're ever in town for a visit or suddenly find yourself shipwrecked on the southwest side of our lovely little island. Climb up the clay cliffs and come on down to our little old chapel for our weekly 10 a.m. service. No need to wear anything special, just bring your special self. Mm -hmm. May God bless you. Today's scripture reading is taken from the book of John, chapter 12, verses 12 through 16. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the Passover festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found the young donkey and sat on him, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your King is coming. sitting on a donkey's coat. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of Him and had been done to Him. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy Palm Sunday, everybody. And it's a happy holiday. And we all get to wave palms. And we get to say, Hosanna! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord, to the Lord. And what we're remembering is a day, 2,000 years-ish ago, right? When Christ entered Jerusalem for the last time, for the last time, and he's welcomed like a king, yet by the end of the week, in just a few short days, he would be executed as a criminal. Well, like so many stories in the New Testament, in the Bible, the beginning of this story is to be found in the Old Testament. In the book of 2 Samuel, in chapter 5, we read the story of David, freshly anointed king of all Israel and Judah, a united kingdom, as he rides against the Jebusites and conquers Jerusalem. This is the first time Jerusalem is conquered. He captures the fortress of Zion. He calls it the city of David. And it says that from that little fortress, he he builds up the city of Jerusalem. And it says that David became greater and greater for the the, the Lord God of hosts was with him. And he became so great that kings came to, came to serve him. Uh, the king of Tyre came and built his palace for him. This took place a thousand years before Paul's Sunday, When King David's descendant, when King David's heir, Jesus of Nazareth, rose into Jerusalem, also freshly anointed, right? Just as David had been, but by Mary the sister of the man Jesus had raised from the dead, Lazarus, okay? And the Gospel of John tells us that this news about Jesus raising the dead had made everyone excited to meet Jesus as he rode to Jerusalem, and expectations were were riding high, right? So he comes into the city riding on a donkey, you know? uh, In fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah, he says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion, Shout, daughter Jerusalem, see your king, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, okay? Don't doubt the trouble started here. Some of the trouble started here because there was actually already a king in Israel, okay? And it was not Jesus, but Herod, King Herod, who actually, by the way, was not a Jew, okay? But the people met Jesus waving palms singing the words of Psalm 18, Hosanna to the son of David, to the heir of David, to the heir of King David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, right? So is it any wonder that this man was charged with treason and sedition? Could you believe it? This was the rightful claimant to David's throne. This was the heir. of of the king who built the city okay marching into the capital and he was greeted that way okay i'm sure king herod did not like that not one bitch no but this is bigger than israel too this is much bigger than just israel because if you look at at zechariah's prophecy that we just read it says his dominion the dominion of the messiah of christ of jesus will extend from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of all the earth, okay? He's saying this man isn't just gonna be the king of Israel, he's gonna be the king of the world, the monarch of the world, Whew. And more than that, even, even more than that, it's not all the prophets had to say, it said he would be the Lord himself come in the flesh to judge the land, to judge the land. Jewish tradition taught a period of 1,000 years from King David to the coming of the Lord, at which time, Jude quotes Enoch saying this, at which time the Lord would come with merits of his holy ones to execute judgment on everyone in the land and to convict all the ungodly of every ungodly act of wickedness and every harsh word spoken against him by ungodly sinners. How's that for intense, okay? And it was so, because this man who was riding into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years after, after David did it, he had said, he's not just a man, but he's the Lord, he's the Son of God. And he said, quote, that my father judges no one, my father judges no one, but has assigned all judgment to the Son. And he has given him authority to execute, what? Judgment. Judgment, because he's the Son of Man. It says that in John chapter 5. And hear what Jesus says. Just as he arrives in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, exactly 1,000 years after David conquered the city, right? Fulfilling Enoch's words to the T, he says, now judgment has come upon this land. Now the prince of this world will be cast out. Some in John chapter 12. And it's during this final stay, this final visit to Jerusalem that Jesus gives his final verdict this judgment weeping over the city of Jerusalem. He says, if you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you, Jerusalem, when your enemies will barricade you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will level you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on one another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. He's saying this to the city that just greeted him, waving palms, calling him the king. Well, would you be stunned to learn that the span of time from Christ's entry into Jerusalem until it was barricaded and surrounded and hemmed in on every side and leveled by war, it just so happened to be exactly 33 years, okay? That was the same exact length of time from David's conquering of Jerusalem until the end of his reign. 33 years. And so, you have this 1,000 years again, okay? From David's entry into Jerusalem, to Christ's entry into Jerusalem, 1,000 years. And also, from the end of David's life until the end of Jerusalem, okay? You can see why the period of 1,000 years was so significant to John the Revelator in the Revelation, because he was writing about the end of Jerusalem, okay? So as you can see, The mysteries of Palm Sunday much deeper much deeper than meets the eye it feels like a party waving these palms and then you have Jesus proclaiming this verdict this judgment on the city okay well there's some other mysteries does anyone know why we wave palms why do we wave palms well because everyone was waving palms at Jesus right trick question they did it but why did they do it why did they wave palms? It goes back to the words of Psalm 118 that we just read, where they were crying out to Jesus, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. But here's what it says next. It says, from the house of the Lord, we bless you. That's the temple, that's the temple of Jerusalem. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is our God and he has given us life. Commence the festival. Okay, Jesus was walking into Jerusalem for the Passover festival, uh, commenced the festival. And it says next, march with palm branches all the way to the altar. That's what Psalm 118 says, okay? This is a prophecy of this moment, Palm Sunday. And did you catch what they were doing with those palm branches? They were marching toward the temple altar. Why were they doing that with palm branches? Because they were going to burn a sacrifice. That's what you did in the old temple days. You would burn your sacrifices and you would take palm branches. And that would be your wood, right? The palm branches were for lighting the sacrificial fire, okay? This wasn't just about the coming of a king. This was about the coming of a king who is a priest, who is also a priest. And that's what St. Paul tells us all over the book of Hebrews, etc. He said, Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek which is a thing for another time to talk about that, okay? But the altar that Jesus was approaching was the cross. It was the cross. And the sacrifice was his body and blood, right? Well, we all know that that's what would happen on Good Friday, Passover of Christ. But why? Why was Christ sacrifice his body and blood at the altar of the cross? Why couldn't he have just made A sacrifice at the temple in Jerusalem? Would have been a lot simpler. Would have been a lot easier for him, okay? Well, the answer, once again, is in the Old Testament, okay? So we go back to the days of King David when he establishes his throne in Jerusalem and he tells his servant, the prophet Nathan. He says, Nathan, I want to build the Lord a house. I want to build the Lord a temple in the capital city in Jerusalem. And Nathan prays to God about this and God tells Nathan, go tell David the following. Are you the one to build for me a house to dwell in? Are you gonna build me a house to dwell in? I haven't dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this day. I've never lived in a house is what he's saying. I moved about with a tent as my dwelling, but in all my journeys with all the Israelites, have I ever asked any of the leaders I appointed to shepherd my people Israel Why haven't you built me a house of cedar? He sounds a little grumpy about this question. He's saying, when did I ever ask you to build me a house? Okay, that's God's answer. And pay close attention to what he says next to David. He says, the Lord declares to you that he himself will establish a house for you. Okay, so he's saying this is a temple that will be built by the Lord himself, not by human hands. He goes on. David, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, when when you've passed away, he says, I will raise up a descendant after you. I will raise up your descendant after you, who will come from your own loins, and I will establish his kingdom. He will build, he will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever, forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son, okay? So, who does that sound like? Well, the son of David, the, the actual son of David, Solomon, he would have raised his hand and said, that sounds like me, that sounds like me, because Solomon, yes, he took that box, he was a descendant of David, and a temple was built during his reign in Jerusalem, but Solomon built it, God didn't build it, so it did not fulfill that prophecy, did it, right? If you answered Jesus, then you're right, that's usually the right answer in church class, right? If you answered Jesus, you're right. This answer, however, is what caused St. Stephen killed in the book of Acts. As he cried out to, to the temple court, he said, the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands. Okay? You stiff-necked people, you always resist the Holy Spirit, just as your fathers did. And they stoned him for saying that. They stoned him for saying that about the temple. The temple which Solomon could not build with his own hands. God did indeed build with his own, as he promised to David. But 1,000 years later, 1,000 years after he made that promise to David, and the temple he was talking about is the church. It's the church of the living God, made up of living stones, the saints, the people of Jesus. Peter says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He says that in 1 Peter 2. And of course, St. Paul lays it out plainly. He says, folks, you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you. God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So as we wave our palms, we want to remember that these palms were originally meant to be burnt. To be burnt. They're symbolic of the fire of sacrifice that was at the temple, but which ultimately Christ made at Calvary on Good Friday, okay? Because it was by that sacrifice that we received the forgiveness of sins, so that we too may enter into the temple, the holy temple of the church, and make our own sacrifices, right? Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, as Peter said, right? This path is open to all. And it's important to remember, as the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Paul says, God has consigned everyone, everyone to disobedience so that he may have mercy on everyone, on everyone. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, on account of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, your lives, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says that in Romans chapter 11. Beautiful, huh? Okay? So in all things, happy Palm Sunday, first of all. Happy Palm Sunday. But in all things, may God, the Father of love, breathe into your hearts his Holy Spirit, and as your minds, are ever renewed by the spiritual knowledge of His love, may you more and more reveal in yourselves the image of Christ to the world. And by the power of His love, fulfill this ministry of reconciliation entrusted to the Church, which is the living temple of the living God. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sean McMahon Podcast. Visit seanselikmcMahon.com for more information about His ministry. For more about Sean's music, please visit workmansongs.com.